0: You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 43, and I'm recording on Friday, February 5th, 2021. How is everyone doing? Our terrible Los Angeles COVID numbers are finally creeping down, and people I know are getting vaccinated very, very slowly. As of this recording, my 80 and 87-year-old parents have not been vaccinated despite our best efforts to get them their shots, but hopefully this is the week that it happens. There are places in LA where people are waiting in line starting at 5.30 in the morning until 4pm or later to get a shot. Kind of reminds me of the old days when we used to wait outside the Ticketmaster for concert tickets when it was still dark out. Not that I'm comparing COVID to waiting for the tickets, just the waiting in line part. If you're a Kindle reader, I've been adding book deals to my Instagram stories, so check back often. I've been focusing mostly on books that I have previously recommended on the show. And while there is someone on Instagram whose handle is Books Are My People, that is not me. Don't be fooled. I am on Instagram at Jennifer Caloyeras, J E N N I F E R C A L O Y E R A S. I will put it in the show notes. And if you follow me, you know that I love to paint. And my two friends that I usually paint in person with, but can't because of the pandemic, uh, and I have started an Instagram page called Three Friends Paint. That's the number three friends paint, where we each paint the same or similar subject and post it so you can check it out. I will also leave that in the show notes. And our other big news here is that our chickens have finished their hiatus or egg laying strike or whatever you want to call it. And we have eggs again. Of the second chickens, we have had only one that's been laying sporadically throughout the winter, but now at least four are regularly laying Our schools are still closed in LA or yours. It's just so different everywhere. It's hard to keep track. We've been closed since March and I am saying the words out loud, but I still can't believe they're coming out of my mouth. My kids have been out of school for almost a year. It's just so surreal. If you have any bookish news of your own you'd like to share with me or perhaps some chicken advice or anything else, you can email me at booksaremypeople at gmail.com and now it's time for some bookish news. This first story made me laugh. So potatoes have been popping up on the front lawn of a library in Massachusetts. No one knows who's putting them there or why, and Stephen Colbert even did a bit about it on his show that I will link to in the show notes. I mean, who doesn't love a good potato caper? If you scroll back on my Instagram account far enough, you will see a sweet potato that my sweet seven-year-old carved years ago. Um, He carved a face onto it and snuck it in my bag when I was going on a solo road trip. I was just delighted to find it. Just more proof that tubers bring people joy. The newly published Western, Outlawed, is going to be a TV show produced by Amy Adams. The novel is written by Anna North, and I read this one so I can tell you about it. It's about the daughter of a midwife who lives in a Western dystopia and leaves her society to join the infamous hole-in-the-wall gang. They're outliers who want to transform the West, and I'm just so curious to see how this will translate to TV. And in more news that made me smile, the author Kwame Alexander, who is currently living in London, walked two hours across town to surprise a young fan of his after the boy's father reached out to tell him that his son would be reading an excerpt from one of Alexander's books as part of his bar mitzvah. The author made the trek across town, surprised the boy at home with signed copies of his books, and he recorded the whole thing. The boy was so excited, and so was his family, and it was just such a nice thing for Kwame Alexander to do. His books are super popular in our house as well, and I will leave a link in the show notes if you want to watch the video and brighten up your day. On the last episode, I talked about Amanda Gorman's three forthcoming books, but what I did not know at the time is that her publisher is planning on printing a million copies of each book. That's three million books, which is absolutely amazing. The first of the three will be her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb, with an introduction from Oprah. And that's all I have for bookish news this week, so we will move on to the books. My first pick is We Run the Tides by Venda La which comes out tomorrow. I was first introduced to her work in 2003 when her novel, And Now You Can Go, came out. My sister had given me a copy of that book, and I loved it, so I'm always excited for a new Vanda La book, and We Run the Tides did not disappoint. It is the story of a teenager named Eulaby and her best friend, Maria Fabiola, which I think is just the greatest character name. Who live in Seacliff, which is a seaside community in San Francisco. They attend an affluent all girls school, and as close as they are, their relationship splinters after an argument about an incident they witness one morning on the way to school involving a super creepy man. When Maria Fabiola disappears one day, the kidnapping reverberates throughout their community. This is a beautifully written novel that contains a mystery but it's also just incredibly funny. It's a story about the complexities of female friendships that takes place in a quieter pre-tech boom, San Francisco. And it features an honest look at girls who are stuck between their childhood and adulthood selves. I absolutely love this book and I didn't want it to end. Thank you to Echo and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this book. Next up is Good Neighbors by Sarah Langen which came out on February 2nd. So in this book, former beauty pageant and current mom Gertie has recently moved to the neighborhood and right away people don't like her. They don't like her looks. They don't like a lot about her. Um, But she has made friends with Ria, who's a professor, but something in their relationship has shifted, and Gertie is feeling the shift, and she really feels it when she isn't invited to the neighborhood picnic. But Gertie, being who she is, decides to show up anyway with her family, and disaster strikes the suburban street when, at the same time, a sinkhole opens up and swallows a neighbor's dog. So things then go from bad to worse. As the rivalry between Gertie and Rhea amp up, so do the war of words and the fisticuffs between the Rat Pack, which is the group of neighborhood kids that run wild in the streets. Things take a turn for the worse when someone falls into the sinkhole. So let the blame game begin. There is a lot going on in this book in terms of plot and theme. We're dealing with climate change, and suspense, and mystery, and drama, and secrets, and also there's a lot happening with the form of the novel itself. It moves from traditional narrative, to excerpts of fictitious magazines, and newspaper articles, to interviews, and websites, and books, and more. But I happily rolled with it, and found the book a quick and entertaining read, It's a book that begs the question, how much should a neighborhood be responsible for looking out for one another? And what happens when you turn a blind eye to the people sharing your same street? This is definitely not a fluffy suburban novel. It has a lot more grit and gravitas than you might expect, and I was left thinking about this book for a long time after finishing it. Thank you to Atria Books and Nick Alley for the advanced review copy. And again, that was Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. The Delivery by Peter Mendelssohn is next. This is a different kind of book. Oh, and it comes out tomorrow. Um, It is a different kind of book about a delivery boy who makes a living bringing people their packages by bicycle. He is mass market delivery personified, like if Amazon and Uber had a baby, and he gets star ratings based on his performance. As we get to know him more, as the book goes on, we discover that he is a refugee who's learning how to navigate the culture of his new society that strives to thrive on the backs of migrant labor. This is a compelling experimental book about class exploitation. It oscillates between being humorous and stark, and reads like a parable that shines a light on our current culture of immediate gratification. It is compelling and interesting, and it's really like nothing else I've ever read. If you are a reader who likes strictly traditional narratives, then this book is not for you. But Like I said, I found it really enthralling. And thank you to Ferrer Strauss and Giroux and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. Okay, so this next book is my favorite of the picks, and I have been waiting months and months to tell you about this one because I read it back in October. It is called Milk Fed by Melissa Broder, and it came out on February 2nd. I was so excited to read this book after having fallen in love with her wild, imaginative writing in her previous book, The Pisces, milk fed did not disappoint. This is a wonderfully unique and often humorous look at Rachel who is a 24 year old aspiring stand-up comedian and she feels stuck in her life. She's been obsessed with counting every single calorie and eating restrictively since childhood which her current therapist attributes to her controlling and manipulative mother. Her therapist has recently suggested that she cut off communication with her mom for a period of time. And it's during this time that she meets Miriam, who's a Zoftic Orthodox Jewish woman who works at the frozen yogurt shop. Rachel likes to go in and get her very precise amount of yogurt with no toppings. But on the day she meets Miriam, Miriam piles on unwanted and free toppings, and implores her to eat. So Rachel eats it, even though it goes against every fiber of her calorie-restrictive being. And so begins their relationship. Miriam begins to literally and metaphorically feed Rachel. This book asks the question, who will Rachel become when she is nourished from the inside out? It also asks how much power can a deep connection hold, and who will mother Rachel while her own mother is out of the picture. This is a wonderfully rich and frank novel about food, sex, friendship, lust, and longing. Broder's writing is sharp, tender, titillating, and heartfelt, and I loved it. Thank you to Scribner and NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this novel. And last but not least is Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. So I've been trying to figure this out. I think it first came out in July by Hamish Hamilton, but then I think it was recently published again on January 25th by Abrams Books. So I don't quite know who to thank for the advanced review review copy. So thank you to everyone and to NetGalley. This book was shortlisted for the 2020 Booker Prize, and it is a firework of a novel. And Tara, who lives in India, has long had a fraught relationship with her mother, who is unsupportive of her daughter's career choice as an artist. But now that her mother's memory is potentially suffering from Alzheimer's, her feelings towards her mother complicate. She feels like she needs to take care of her mom, and yet as the memory loss advances, the mother's casual cruelties towards her daughter worsen, causing Interra to have flashbacks as a child growing up on an ashram during a time when her mother was a completely different person, just freer and wilder, living life with more abandon. This is not a straightforward narrative. It weaves back and forth in time. Fragments of memories pop up, and then we're jolted into a different time and place in the story. But if you are the type of reader for whom a less straightforward structure and form doesn't feel obtrusive, then what you will be left with is this powerful novel about memory, mother-daughter relationships, and loss. I found this novel to be smart, wonderfully written, surprising, funny, and heartbreaking. So basically all the things. And again, that is Burnt Sugar by Avni Doshi. And that is it from me this week. Heather Bell Adams, author of The Good Luck Stone, will be my guest on the next episode in two weeks. And up next for me is a book I've been waiting for, The Swallowed Man by Edward Carey. This was originally supposed to come out in October, but because of COVID, it got pushed. So I have just been excited to read it for so long. It's sitting on my desk, and I'm using it as motivation to get all of my teaching and writing work done as soon as possible so I can begin reading it, because it is all about the mind games that we play with ourselves. I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.